Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Next Step Leadership. Um, Tracy, I enjoyed our conversation in the last episode. Uh, what a heart Eric has. What, yeah. what, a, what a heart for people, uh, a creative, artistic mind, but also an intellectual mind. Uh, we need to hear from, from le- servant leaders like Eric. I'm so uh, in agreement with you there, Chris. Uh, I, as I was listening to Eric's story, I'm reminded of our longstanding friendship. Uh, we've had a continuing conversation over many years. I, I remember when Eric was a part of uh, a coffee house in, in Franklin Springs. And at the time, Emmanuel College was known for doing a lot of, of ministries like that. They were really creative. Um, we had a probably a two, three, four year period where the, the students the Lord sent just had a passion to do outreach. And Eric was one of those, but he was leveraging music and, and coffee and all that good kind of stuff. And uh, so I knew that, the, you know, playing music was, was a big deal to him. But the one thing I want to, to leverage into this conversation is the brotherhood. It's exactly that. This that you know, Eric. I happen to know that that was important then, but that's also been something the Lord has used in your life, like probably all the way back to high school. It was uh, people that God placed in your path, other brothers. Uh, yeah, there were sisters too, but mostly brothers. So, man, welcome back. And I'd love to let, man, talk about that whole idea of how God's using brothers and has been to, to guide your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. The, I think back to high, both high school and college, and there were people around me during those seasons that the Lord put in my life that uh, and put me in their lives that that, that, that community um, went a long way toward helping me grow as a person as a Christian. Um, and so those, those friendships were really significant for all those years, but it really wasn't until about 2013 that I began to learn how to intentionally, um, make friendship a priority and, and how to be a good friend. It seemed like up until that point, those kinds of relationships happened to me instead of me being intentional to seek them out. And really, you know, we mentioned in the previous podcast about my business and we opened that business in 2010 and the Lord led us into it just as clearly as I know he led me into ministry. I knew he led us into entrepreneurship. And uh, just like most any first time entrepreneur business owner, you know, I had a lot of struggles at the beginning and there was a a few years there at at the front end when I didn't know if we were going to make it through. And I began to ask the Lord some hard questions like, you know, God, if you led me to do this and it looks like we're going to fail, does that mean that you wanted me to fail? Like, is this hard road something that you intended for me? And at a really dark moment, um, in the sense of just a lot of struggle and facing the very real possibility of failure, um, I was invited to go on a backpacking trip by some guys, some of which I knew and some of which I just knew of. And uh, that group of guys became like the 
one of the closest groups of, of friends that I've ever had. There have only been a few clusters of friends over the years that have been as close to me and as significant as that group of friends. And we're still very close today. And uh, that was a really significant time. I feel like there are so many people that need to, to hear that. Um, what do you what do you think keeps us from intentionally pursuing those types of relationships? Well, I think I think for one thing, just like uh, like I was prone to do um, up until that season, um, we get really focused on whatever is right in front of us, um, whatever the pressures are, whatever the responsibilities are. Maybe sometimes it's just we're egocentric and we're just worried about ourselves and what we want to do. And we don't realize the significance of uh, relationships. I just think a lot of people are lonely. A lot of people um, lack a significant community around them. But a lot of times, that sometimes that can be self-inflicted because we don't know how to be friends. And that, that was the case for me, for sure. Yeah. Some, so many of the responses I've gotten from people uh, in the chapter of my latest book, Equilibrium, about don't do life alone... And honest conversations, uh, emails, dialogue, where it's so hard for me to pursue relationships because of, and then they give the list of the reasons they've been hurt, and they're still being controlled by past hurts and relationships. And I want uh, myself, I want us, I want our audience to not be controlled by those hurts, but to pursue the deep, appropriate relationships so that we become community instead of living in the singular, living in isolation. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. There's a lot of um, self-preservation that we feel like we have to do, and so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll close ourselves off from other people mm-hmm. in an attempt to do what we think is best for us uh, as, as far as avoiding hurt is concerned, but in the reality, we're inflicting more hurt on ourselves and our isolation. Proverbs says that whenever a person isolates himself, that he is... Uh, I can't remember exactly how it says it, but it's something to the effect that he's striking against, he's striking out against all sound wisdom when he isolates himself. Wow. Well, I remember that in the course of transitions, uh, trying to sort out what the next steps for you, you, you had a clear sense of higher education being a priority and the pathways, and we began to pray about that. Or we, I think we had like a weekly conversation, and it was kind of cool. To, it was really cool, actually, to, to watch how, not every week, but there would be times when there were these significant crossroads, These you had options. And at some point, I was shocked to learn that while you were going through making all these decisions and, and uh, God was telling you to uproot your family and move, and uh, you made those choices, and your wife came alongside that, and you guys chose that as a family. Uh, and then you wrote a book in the middle of all that, uh, and it's the title is Misplaced, a mostly true story about difficult paths and personal growth. And at the bottom it says, Here, There, and the Journey Between by Eric Foster Wooden. <laughs> And I remember kind of living that stuff with you. Uh, first, the title. Yeah. So misplaced. Okay. So the the book, for one thing, the book is um, an allegorical tale, and it's it's a very short, easy to read, yeah. fun little read. But it's kind of like if you're familiar with the stories of. Um, Pilgrim's Progress or Hindsight on High Places. It's that same kind of thing where the characters have names that 
say something about their their character, their virtues, etc. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so the misplaced part of that this this story is um, it really is a primarily true retelling of this backpacking trip that I was invited on by these guys I'm talking about. And uh, misplaced would be myself. I'm the I'm the uh, I don't want to say the main character, but I'm the person speaking in the book. Okay, or the the you know the person from who through whose eyes you get to see it all unfold. And um, so the reason that uh, I chose that name for myself and for the title of the book is because during this season when I was in business, I was trying to figure out what God was doing in my life, and I I did feel very misplaced. I mean. I knew I was exactly where God called me to be, but it did not feel like the right fit. And the truth of the matter is, when I was on church staff before, I felt kind of misplaced then too, because it, it just like I was trying to figure out where what my role is and what is it I'm supposed to be doing here. And so for those seven years, you know, I I, I was in the the I, I sat in these studio rooms in the back of our business and taught kids to play Sweet Home Alabama, and I was thinking <laughs> about was thinking about parsing Greek words you know and so and why am i not why am i not similar i know why am i not studying why am i not doing these things that i have such a passion for and uh, but i knew i was where god wanted me to be and there were some things i needed to learn in that season and yeah and so you know when i went out on this trip um it was that three-day hiking trip uh, reoriented me in a lot of ways, and it was the beginning of a process that I feel like the Lord used to place me right where He wanted me to be and help me to understand what a journey of growth looks like, and that there's always some sense of feeling misplaced when you're in a growth process. So true, man. I think we all can relate to being and feeling misplaced, but I love that God was showing you that you truly weren't misplaced. You were in the right place at the right time and that all those things that you've gone through in the past were helping you to get to where you are today. Would you say that's true? As looking back, it's easier to see in the rearview mirror, obviously, than it is the windshield. But looking back, Eric, do you see that you really weren't misplaced? Absolutely, yeah. And that's and that's kind of the part of the the point of the book to not give away, you know, all of the punchline, but you know, it's a journey between here and there and where you're going. And when you're in that process between here and there, there's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of disorientation and, um, yeah, you feel misplaced, but whenever you begin to realize what a journey of growth looks like and what progress looks like, and you begin to realize that there's a certain amount of that, that you really, when you're following Jesus in general, a certain amount of discomfort and disorientation you have to get used to and just know that his rod and his staff comfort us and that he leads us and that uh, we're going to end up where we need to be. But, you know, it's an ongoing journey. And as soon as we get to the place we think is the destination, we realize, oh, another journey has now started. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. That's exciting. Yeah. The, the end of a chapter is not the end of the book. Uh, the end of that's the right. chapter or season that we're experiencing uh, that, that has prepared us for where to go next. Well, now it's time to go there. Um, yeah. what, what are some suggestions uh, you can give to us and to our audience as it relates to that? They, they feel misplaced. Uh, you know, how can we choose to not trust our feelings, be aware of them, but not be controlled by them, and have healthy conversations so that we're like, okay, I don't feel like I fit here, 
but that's okay. There's more going on um, than I can discern at this time myself. Yeah, I mean, so in keeping with the theme of the book, I would have to say uh, the main piece of advice I would give is begin to pray for and look for community to surround yourself with. They can help you in the process of hearing from God and growing as a person. Um, because, well, I mean, I just think back to like, you know, if you're familiar with uh, Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby, that, that study, you know, uh, in all the different ways that he talks about how, how that God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit, you know, um, of course, the top of that list is through Scripture, but the body of Christ is is on there as part of the list, and it's a, a, a significant part of hearing from God is hearing from God in the context of fellowship and community, and it, and it needs to be community that's um, well, they're a community where you've walked a few miles together, and there's some investment in one another because that's where authenticity comes uh, comes from. And um, sometimes we can kind of dodge and weave and, and hide in surface level community. We think we have community, but it, when you have a little bit of history with someone or you begin to give permission to be authentic with someone or for someone to ask you some really difficult questions and you're not going to run away from them, then it allows you to be able to have the benefit of hearing from God together and someone being able to help you uh, discern your motives and your uh, all the, all the stuff that tends to become static whenever we're trying to hear from God. I love that you said we have to pray about that, but we also need to look for that. Ah, and then you've got to mention the, the Blackaby book. Well, the, the thesis that I remember about that book was that God is already at work. And it's our job to discern where God is at work and to join God in that work. And that's not different from what you're saying, that I'm going to pray about this, but I'm going to look to see where God is at work. And it might be some unusual people that you might not necessarily choose, right, in my, in my sphere of, of influence. Um, but, but I'm praying and I'm looking. Did I hear you right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, another. I, so during my season in in business, I there was a, a time whenever I lived in Proverbs because it was the book of the Bible that was the most directly applicable to what I was doing at the time. And one of the things, one of the Proverbs says something to the effect of that it's, um, you know, that God, it, it's the the pleasure of God to hide things, and it's the glory of kings to seek them out. Something to that effect. It's a paraphrase, but. Um, when I read that, I just really felt like that the the way that I understood it was not that God hides things just because He can and He wants to, but because He invites us to to into the process of figuring it out. And that uh, and so I, be, I began to um, both pray for God to direct and to lead and to provide, but also to to do the work of seeking out the provision. And I even got to the point where I began to to realize that if God's called me to do something then he's also provided the means to do it. But that doesn't mean that I should expect it to just land in my lap. I still have a job to, to seek it out. And I think that applies absolutely to relationship, that uh, God calls us to community. We're meant to be in community, but we have to seek out community. Hmm. I, I'm going to play off of that. I want you to tell our listeners a bit about your journey where you did just that. You're in Moultrie. 
God's calling you into this next stage. He opened some doors for you to potentially go overseas, but it was a huge step of faith that required your wife and your kids to be misplaced. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so can you bring us into that part of the journey, which kind of leads back up to today. And I know you don't yet know exactly what next steps are going to be, and that's okay. But boy, this whole process, it's, it's, I'm, I'm leaning forward into this thing, watching where God's going to take you next. Yeah. So, um, whenever we were, when we began to discern God's call to come overseas and to pursue, uh, postgraduate, more postgraduate work here in the UK, um, I live in Scotland now, spent a year in, uh, in England last year doing a, a master's degree. We knew that it was a, a bigger endeavor than we could do on our own. And we just, it was a God sized thing that there's no way by ourselves we could do this. And so we just began to talk to friends and family and say, listen, this is what God's put on our heart to do. Um, a big part of this is academic. There's also some missional aspect here, just simply because wherever we go, we want to love people well and share the gospel through hospitality and be friends with people and take this lesson in community that we've learned in Moultrie, Georgia to Cambridge and to St. Andrews and to wherever else we go and to just love people well and be faithfully present in their lives the way God is. And, um, and so people have helped us do that. You know, they've helped um, support us to be able to be here to do that. They've believed in us in, in ways that are incredibly um, humbling and uh, that I'm, I'm so thankful for. It's amazing, the community that God has put around us. And I, I didn't know those things. I didn't have that perspective or I had not learned those lessons until I spent those seven years in entrepreneurship to, to see the significance of community. That the most valuable thing I came out of that business with was not the success of the business or the the proceeds from selling the business. It was the community, learning how to have community and the significance of community. And so, um, yeah, so we came over here. And then even just in being here, I mean, we have uh, the guys that I went on the backpacking trip with that the book is written about. We, we meet online every Wednesday for a prayer meeting and uh, we pray together for, for our community and for our families and and uh, there have been some really tough seasons since we've been here that if I did not have those friends to call on, I wouldn't have made it through all of this. We moved over during the first year of COVID, and it was incredibly difficult. And we felt very isolated because of that. And so having those connections um, really, really helped us in tremendous ways. But not just that one group of guys, a larger community has supported us and helped us do this and believed in us and encouraged us when things got difficult. Mm. So many people that listen to this, um, they're hearing you say that now. Uh, I, I'm praying that God will help them pursue healthy relationships, uh, have the right people that they can talk to. Uh, Tracy and I can have honest conversations. You know, we have, we're having this honest conversation with you for a podcast but uh, when when we're not speaking to the microphones, Tracy and I can look right at each other. We can have honest dialogue. But my heart aches, my heart hurts for people. So many people who are missing out on being kind of the, living in this practical world of what it means to be body of Christ, to use that illustration, uh, and to be together as the bride and to lead well together. Uh, so it's just great having this conversation with you. Uh, what are some closing suggestions you can give our audience? And also, how can how can people pick up a copy of your book and find out more about you and support what you're doing? 
So as far as just picking up a copy of the book and that kind of thing, um, I do have a website. It's efosterw.com, and they can just check out that for stuff about me. Of course, the book is on Amazon and places like that, but you can also buy it directly from the website, and I'll ship it to you myself. Um, But uh, more importantly, I think uh, kind of a closing remark that I would make is I, I would definitely encourage folks to remember Um, to trust God's ability to lead more than we trust our ability to follow. But I also would encourage people don't do it alone. You know, don't, don't think that you have to be alone because that's not, that's not God's plan for you. You're meant to be in relationship and in community and that's hard and it's costly, but it's worth it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I pray for you uh, and I pray for many others that will not only try to make our next step, our best step, but that we will make every step something that we do in community and not in isolation. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.